Hey there, welcome to Urban Village Church. You're joining the live stream of our worship gathering. I'm Darren Calhoun, and I'm thrilled to have you join us today. Whether you're a familiar face or new to our community, we're so grateful that you're here. At Urban Village Church, we're all about being bold, inclusive, and relevant. And if you're new here, let me tell you why that matters. First, boldness is in our DNA. We are not afraid to ask tough questions, to challenge the norms, and explore new possibilities. We believe that faith is a journey of growth and exploration. So get ready to dive deep and open your heart to some fresh perspectives. Inclusivity is at the core of who we are. No matter where you're from, how you identify, or what life experiences you've had, you are welcome here. We celebrate the wild and wonderful differences that make each of us unique. You belong in this community just as you are. And finally, we strive to be relevant. What we do as a church should connect with your everyday life. Our messages dig deep into real life issues and our times of worship are intentional about meeting you right where you are. Our aim is to provide inspiration and practical insights anchored by the love of Jesus that you can apply to your own journey. So as we continue with our worship gathering, I want to invite you to engage with us right now. Join in the conversation in the chat. Share your questions and share your thoughts or just say hi. After the sermon, we'll sometimes have a Q&A session where you can share your thoughts, ask questions and explore the message further. So keep your phone or keyboard handy. We also have an app and a digital connect card for you to fill out. It's a great way for us to get to know you better and for you to stay connected to the UBC community. You can find the link in the description or scan the QR code on your screen. So let's dive in together. Open your heart, join the chat, ask questions, and fill out the digital connect card. We're excited to journey with you and co-create a vibrant community of love and support. Welcome to Urban Village Church. when we sing together is that it's not quite like the recording it's not quite like singing with the radio there's something that happens when you hear other people singing um, some people would even say that when you sing together your breathing gets synchronized your heart beats get synchronized and so I would love it if you're able and willing to rise with us as we sing um, and as we do this practice of being the community, being the body of Christ together. So if you're willing and able, rise um, in body or in spirit, and let's sing together this morning. We will, we're also having a few technical challenges, but as church is, we make do with what we have. So we'll do our best to have the lyrics on the screen. Um, but if you would, would you put your hands together?
Amen. God indeed is everlasting and always with us. And even when we have technological troubles, we are still the church. Amen? So again, if you're joining us online for the first time, my name is Darren Calhoun. My pronouns are he, him. And you're a part of Urban Village Church, whether you're here in person, whether you're at home, if you're watching real time and live with us, or if you're watching later, we are the church together. And we're in the season of Advent. We're in this time where we're waiting, we're hoping for something. And I don't know about you, but if you turn on the news, or if you scroll through any of your social media, you might see that there's a lot of unrest in the world. And as unique and specific as our current struggles are, it's not unusual for the world to be in unrest. And as believers and as those who are trying to figure out what it means to follow Christ, we look to God for hope, for answers. And, we, and this time of Advent is about that waiting and hoping for God to come and fix this mess. And so this song says, Come Thou Fount. It's just a, an invitation for our hearts to be aligned with what God is about to do in the world, for our world to be transformed into something that is beautiful and kind and good for everyone. And so if you know this song, sing it out. If you don't know it, and I promise the lyrics will be up this time. <laughs> if you don't know it, then I still invite you to let the words wash over your heart and sing as you're able. Here we go. Come thou fount of every blessing to my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the upon it, mount of thy redeeming love. Let's just reflect on that for a second. Here we go. I was lost in utter darkness till you came and rescued me. I was bound. I was bound. sing a new song. Now my soul can, now my heart has found a home. Now my heart has found a home. Now your grace, now your grace is always with me, always. And I'll never be alone, and I'll never be alone. Let's just rest in that as we wait on God. As we wait on change, as we wait on seeing a hopeful tomorrow. Oh, to grace, how great a debtor. Daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy goodness like a feather bind my wandering heart to be. Prone to
let's go back to that first verse and sing that one last time together. of ups and downs when, when it comes to church, when it comes to whether church has been a safe and wonderful place, or if it's been a place that's been hard and difficult and even abusive. And as you join us this morning, it's my hope that your experience is something that wherever you come from, good or bad, that it's building upon something greater. That for me, the bad times that I've experienced in church, the difficult times I experienced in church, all pointed me back to God to say that God isn't the church and that what God is doing can even redeem and transform the mess that sometimes is the body of Christ. And so this song is cornerstone and it reminds us that our hope, the thing that we're waiting for isn't another government leader it's not another celebrity to become president. It's not that we're waiting and hoping for somebody to, to just magically wave a wand and fix it. But the idea is that Christ said that, that he would build the church and that we are the result of those words that Christ spoke so long ago. So as we wait, as we're in the season of hoping for change and hoping to see something different, let us not be distracted by the tides and the changing news headlines, but let us be reminded that our hope is built on Christ and nothing less. Let's sing together. Trust in Jesus. 
Jesus' name, Christ alone. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love through the storm. He Seems. When darkness seems to hide his face, I rest on his unchanging grace. Rest on his unchanging in every high and stormy gale. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. My anchor holds within. One more time, my anchor holds within the veil. righteousness alone, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless stand before, faultless stand before the throne, in Christ alone. come to you as a group of people who are trying to figure out how to make life work. God, whether we're showing up as parents, as leaders at work, whether we're showing up as students trying to navigate a school system, God, we have our lives built on a whole lot of stuff. But God, today, help us to remember 
where our commitments are. Help us to remember what the work of your church is. Help us to see our part, not just a tiny stone or a little pebble, but God, help us to see you and see how we fit into your plan, a much bigger, fuller, hopeful plan. So God, this morning, as we continue in our, our worship together, speak to our hearts. God, we welcome your spirit here. And we ask you, oh God, to open the eyes of our understanding that we may see, know, and understand exactly what you've called us to do, how you've called us to be part of this great work that is the church. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. Go ahead and be seated. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, worship team. That was, I don't know, it really hit me this morning. I'm so grateful to be here. I'm grateful that all of you are here. My name is Doug. Welcome. Um, and I uh, would like to announce formally that I am in the Christmas spirit. <laughs> Happened yesterday. We got out all of our Christmas stuff, decorated the tree, Christmas knickknacks all around the house. We have our... Um, we had Christmas music playing. We watched a Christmas movie last night. This morning we did an Advent reading, so Christmas is on, even though it's 45 degrees and raining outside. And I want to take a quick survey to find out where you all are at. So on the Christmas cheerometer, one is bah humbug, 10 is euphoric Christmas. Can't wait for Christmas to be here. How many of you are like one to five? Like Christmas, yeah, it's coming. Not quite there yet. All right, you can be, you can, you can, you can be free with yourselves here. It's all right. I'm there most of the time. How many of you are like six through eight? It's like, yeah, Christmas. Yeah. It's on the way. All right, cool. And how many are like Buddy the Elf level, like Santa? All right, I love it. Christmas is coming. Well, hey, our mission is to create Jesus-loving, inclusive communities that ignite the city and beyond. We have three core values of being bold, inclusive, and relevant. Bold in that we take the teachings of Jesus seriously. Inclusive in that everyone is welcome, no matter where you are in the Christmas cheerometer. If you're young or old, black, brown, or white, gay or straight, everyone is equal in the eyes of God. Everyone is welcome here. And we are relevant that we try to live out our faith 365, seven days a week, and not just on Sundays. And a few announcements, if you guys would open up your bulletins, let's do that fun exercise where we tear off the perforated section together on the count of three. One, two, three. Fantastic. All right, I got a few announcements here for us. First one. Today's the last day for folks to bring their gifts for the holiday gift baskets. You can leave the packages in the church office, which is down the hallway on the left. And um, be sure they're uh, all wrapped and have an individual's name and family number on them. And Katie Young will be here to answer any questions. Katie, anything else I need to add about that? They can get an extension. Yes. All right, you're so generous. Great, thank but you. not a long extension, 24-hour like extension, perhaps. Yes. All right, <laughs> Christmas is coming. Uh, folks can still be part of the Zoom Advent group that Christian is leading, and that means that tonight at 5 p.m., you can log on to Zoom and uh, join in. 
and there'll be a lot of us on, on there as well too. So to get information about that, you can check the box on your, that tear-off portion, put it in the offering plate in a little bit, and we'll rapidly email you this afternoon with the information, and then we look forward to seeing you tonight. And last but not least, our Christmas potluck is coming up on December 17th. We'd love for you guys to sign up ahead of time to uh, provide a dish. And so uh, the information's on the tear-off, and there's a URL on there, I think, too, or maybe, is there a URL on there? It's not probably worth me verbally saying the URL, but anyways, the information will, be, will probably be in the email newsletter. It's in the bulletin, all right, cool. Potluck's coming up on 17th. We'd love for you all to be there and bring food. All right, those are our announcements. Take it from here. Thank you, Doug. Uh, good morning, everybody. So we are now in this season of Advent, and it's a tradition in this church and many churches to uh, light the Advent candles and the Advent uh, wreath slash circle. Uh, and so I'm going to invite the priest's family to come forward at this time. And uh, we have... Uh, they will be doing a readings, uh, and then you'll be invited as part of that to uh, respond as well. In the days of exile and uncertainty, the prophet Isaiah cried out, Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down, so that the mountains would quake at your presence. As the fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water to boil, come down to make your name known to your enemies and cause the nations to quake before you. For you did awesome things that we did not expect. You came down and the mountains tumbled before you. Isaiah 64, 1 through 3. In the midst of our own encounters with uncertainty and upheaval and our longing for deliverance, Jesus calls to us, therefore keep awake, for you did not know when the master of the house will come. Let us respond. We will wait as people surprised again and again by God who takes us out of our complacency and wakes us up to the work of love all around us. We light this candle as a sign of our shocking hope. May we stay awake to God's activity in the world as we wait in expectation that even now God is with us, working to restore us to the fullness of life with God and one another. respond in song. We invite you to look in your hymnals to number 211, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. We're going to sing the sixth verse of that. It'll be over on to the right there. The sixth verse of number 211, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel.
take time now in our worship service to pass the peace of Christ. A lot of our families are doing wild worship out in the wilds in the muck and the rain. Uh, and so, but we are here and I invite you to stand and pass the peace of Christ with one another. Uh, making sure to pay attention to the name tag screen is a side hug, a, a, a handshake is cool. Yellow ask how they're feeling today. Red means away from afar. Folks online, let us know that you are here as well. Let us pass the peace. I will hope in him. The word of God for the people of God. Sometimes uh, <clears throat> one of the biggest challenges when putting a sermon together is uh, not necessarily trying to decide what to put into it, but what to take out of it. Uh, perhaps anyone who is a writer can understand that too. It's, sometimes it's hard to write and put it down, but it's even harder to figure out, all right, this is a long thing that I've written here. Uh, how do I make this shorter and more concise? And this was particularly true in my early days of preaching. I'm just out of seminary, and often seminary students are reading all these really interesting things about the Bible, 
And so I'd get out my big commentaries and like, ooh, this is interesting, or like, oh, they'll really want to hear that. And so I'll just jam, I jam-pack my sermons with all kinds of facts about the scripture for the day. Uh, and in my early days of preaching, I would say and share all these amazing facts that I thought people would just love to hear. And I could see their eyes just kind of slowly glaze <laughs> over. And every once in a while, uh, they would kind of nod off like that. Yes, I can see when that happens. And I'm used to it by now. So I've realized that the key to really helping folks is to understand, all right, what do I take out of it? Today was particularly hard. Well, really, any time you preach about a topic that warms our hearts. Uh, and today we are talking uh, in that way about hope. So interestingly, uh, in, at Urban Village anyway, over the years we've done lots of different kinds of sermon series for Advent and Christmas, but we've never done one where we've actually done it on the four kind of, trad- and lots of times in the church they'll look at four different topics of the four Sundays of Advent, hope, peace, joy, and love. And so for this year, we're actually going to do that. Uh, And it's a sermon series titled, What Are You Waiting For? And we're looking at these uh, different components, and today is hope. And so that's the challenge. So many different things to say about hope. I have have a document in my laptop, uh, all these different quotes from hope. And this week I read a really amazing article by the theologian, uh, Dr. Emily Towns, uh, as well. And I have to kind of control myself from not just wanting to sit down and just have somebody read Dr. Towns' article because it's so powerful. I want to read, share a little bit of that uh, today with you, especially as we think about hope and what hope is. When we think about these four components of Advent, hope, peace, joy, and love, if you were to think about these, my guess is, like, imagine a font uh, for these different things, hope, peace, Joy and love. It's probably a really lovely, very cursive kind of font, these really lovely words. But I think when we think about these four things, perhaps we need to reflect on them in different ways. And so one of the quotes, I think it's, I don't know if it's in order, but I think there's this quote, it goes like this. Hope is sometimes, this is from Dr. Emily Towns. Hope is sometimes a misappropriated, undervalued, romanticized gift from God. The kind of hope I'm talking about has legs on it, is ornery when it needs to be. It proclaims the gospel. And even if we may not know why we're saying what we're saying, we say it anyway. Because somewhere in there we know God sits and rests with us. That kind of hope will get us through. I love the thought of hope being ornery. Of something that doesn't give up. Of something that continually is there for us. Perhaps hope can be, as Dr. Town says, a romanticized gift from God. And when I was thinking about that, like hope that really has some teeth to it, hope that has some legs to it, when I was thinking about that, I thought of a different theological phrase called cheap grace. Maybe you've heard of that phrase, and that's a kind of grace that really doesn't have any cost involved. There's no repentance involved with grace. And so I wondered if cheap hope was something that anyone had ever talked about. So I did my... Uh, internet search looking for cheap hope, and one of the first things that came up was a, uh, a, a site from our friends at Travelocity, and it said, cheap hope, only $178. <laughs> and at first I thought, what? But then, of course, it was trying to get me to fly to Hope, Arkansas. Oh, my God. 
for only $178. And I thought, I would give $178 to get to hope sometimes. And sometimes we wish it were that easy. I know for some people, 178 is a lot of money. For some people, they could just put it on a card, it's no big deal. But what would it be like, oh, if, if there was a price tag on how do I get to hope, I would probably pay that price tag. Because sometimes it's hard to get to that hope. When we were asking people what kind of sermon series should we do for 2024, the number one thing that came up pretty often was how can we go on? How can we hope? How can we have peace in the midst of despair? This is right after uh, all that's happening in Gaza, especially. How can we have hope when all of this is going on? Well, I think perhaps today we can reflect a little bit on this passage from Lamentations, but also from Dr. Towns to help us get to that kind of hope. So let's take a look at uh, Lamentations. Lamentations, my hunch is if you ask anybody, what's your favorite book of the Bible? Lamentations is not going to be up there. Uh, it is a book really of five poems, five mournful poems. These are not poems that you're going to read if you want to feel good about yourself. These are not poems if you want to woo someone it's, or even any kind of inspiration. Most of them are pretty tough reads. It was uh, written out of grief, out of the destruction of Jerusalem, and many of the Israelites were in exile. And so you might think, well, today's passage, though, is really powerful. Let me read it one more time. But this I call to mind. This is what the author is saying. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. That song may be coming to mind. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, great mercies I see. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Now, this, this is good stuff. If Lamentations is all like this, I'm on board with Lamentations. <laughs> Friends, I hate to break it to you. If we backed up the truck a little bit earlier at the start of chapter 3 of Lamentations, let me give you some highlights. So here's what the author of Lamentations is saying. I am the one who has seen affliction under the rod of God's wrath. God has made my flesh and my skin waste away. I have become the laughingstock of my people. God has made my teeth grind on gravel. This is all verses 1 through 20. And it's fascinating to read all of this, all of the Now, I think probably we have all been there, perhaps, wondering, God, you have made my flesh waste away. I'm so low right now. You have made my teeth grind on gravel. So this, is all, this is lament. And this is somebody who's letting God have it out of the despair of their own lives. But, however... And this is what, one of the things that Dr. Town says. There is a need for lament. As much as we would like to take a flight to hope and pay the money and skip right over lament, lament is necessary, I think, for us in order to really live into and think about what hope is. 
There's another quote from Dr. Towns. I'm not sure if this one's on there, but let's, let's give it a shot. With all our too human unpredictability, lament can serve as an anchor to help us find our bearings on how to live as people of faith. Now, here we sometimes hear about love or grace or trust. Those are the anchors of our faith. Here, Dr. Towns is saying lament can serve as an anchor. She says, we learn from biblical laments that it is imperative to name what is wrong with as much precision and honesty as possible. From the Psalms to Joel to the cross, laments tell the truth of the suffering that is smothering our worthiness, our dreams, our ability to work toward a better tomorrow. Laments mark the beginning of the healing Process. I'm going to stop there. Laments mark the beginning of the healing process. To name that stuff that's in our souls, our hearts. You may have grown up in a tradition that kind of doesn't like to do that, or you may have just grown up in a household. We don't want to think about the bad stuff, only focus on the good stuff. The bad stuff. These are the things I think that are part, key components of our faith. To name them with particularity. Now, we are in a season, however, not necessarily a season of lament. We're in a season of comfort. Comfort food, comfort movies, comfort songs, comfortable clothes. If you get home and you want to put on your pajamas or your sweats, or whatever, and you turn on that Hallmark movie, or you listen to that song, or you light the candles, and you grab some Christmas cookies, and you're like, ugh, this feels good. This is Christmas comfort. And there's nothing wrong with any of that. But then the author of Lamentations comes barging in here because we recognize not everybody feels that comfort. And in a sense, Lamentations interrupts the Bible to say lament is necessary, maybe even a prerequisite from hope. But lament is not the final word. And once again, Dr. Town says this, hope refuses to believe that evil and suffering and sorrow and hatred are God's final words to us in a world that is a spinning top of war and violence. This hope believes and guides us to another way in which we are all made whole, the power of the common good shaping our lives and that of countless others on the highway to salvation. She is saying lament is necessary. It is an anchor to our faith, but lament is not the final word. And this is what we see in this passage. The author is spending 20 verses talking about all the things that gives him sorrow and despair. And then verse 20 says... But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. That therefore, I'm so interested in that therefore. He has talked about all of these things that bring me despair. And yet he says, but this I call to mind, therefore I will have hope. And we're like, How, what happened in that therefore? <laughs> that he can turn on a dime from lament and then say, I have hope. Because the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. And I pray that we can all have that therefore. 
Friends, hope is intentional, something that we have to choose. Hope is also risky. Hope is a letting go. Hope does not mean that success is guaranteed. Hope leaves us vulnerable. Hope helps us to be in our lives and say, I am choosing hope. I have no idea what's going to happen in the future. It's not necessarily about all of the outcomes happening the way I want them, but instead it is a frame of mind. It is a saying, I am giving up control of all of this. I am trusting that God is in the midst of this. And because of that, hope can happen, even in the midst of, or perhaps even because of, lament. And we can get to that hope. Hope is a frame of mind. It is not just wishful thinking. It is a trust in the steadfast love of God, that God is with us even in the midst of lament, even in the midst of the days when our teeth grinds on gravel. I came across a, an album uh, a few weeks ago. I was reading a review of this uh, article. Some of you I know uh, are listened to music on Spotify. Uh, and this past week, uh, Spotify came out with what they call Spotify Wrapped, W-R-A-P-P-E-D. And essentially, that's just telling you Here's all the music you listened to, or not all of it. Here are the top, here's the top music you listened to. So they'll give you the top five artists, the top five songs, and you click on this thing on your app, and it gives you this really lovely, beautiful way of like, here are all of your amazing songs this year. And one of my top artists, along with I think absolutely everybody else on Spotify, was Taylor Swift this past year. And Taylor Swift, her streams is in the hundreds of millions. But this week I was listening to an album called Some Mississippi Sunday Morning. And you've got your Taylor Swift streams like out way out here. And Some Mississippi Sunday Morning has about 5,600, 5,000, 6,000 streams, which might sound like a lot, but compared to the Taylor Swifts of the world, it's pretty minimal. But it's a fascinating album. It was recorded by a man named Ian Brennan he wanted to record inside the Mississippi State Penitentiary, which is also known as Parchment Farm. It's a maximum security prison. And he had been trying for three years to get clearance just to go and record this little choir that gathers together of, of inmates every Sunday morning. And so finally he got permission, less than a week's notice. So he had to hurry. He took a red eye to get there early on a Sunday morning to play or to record all of these singers. Now, one thing to note about Parchment, Parchment was built in 1901. It was former plantation in the state of Mississippi. It has 18,000 acres, and it took work took place from sunup to sundown. Everyone there, the head driver there, would mete out punishment with a leather strap, and things have not gotten a lot better. The brutalities at Parchment, in this article I read in the New Yorker, the brutalities at Parchment have taken on insidious forms, inoperable showers and toilets, cells that lack mattresses and are overrun with rats. In 2022, the Department of Justice report found a reasonable cause that the facility violated the constitutional rights of the people incarcerated there, 70% of whom are black. So you get a sense of the bleakness of Parchment. But this producer came that morning to play at this 
gathering that Sunday morning. And the 15 songs there are powerful. What I'd like for us to do today is just play one of those songs. The voices aren't all pitch perfect. The piano that comes in is a little out of tune. But imagine what they are going through. And yet the voice and then voices that join speak to me of hope. So let's take a listen to this song. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. Myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. Give myself away. I give myself away. Give myself count 25 times, I give myself away. In the midst of who knows what these 
men have been through, and yet they continue to sing, I give myself away. To me, that speaks hope, a release. Saying, no matter what, I don't know what the outcome will be, I don't know what will happen, but I, I give myself to you, O oh God, because I trust in you, because I hope in you, because I know and believe in you and what you will do. Something that is worth getting up in the morning for, no matter what the circumstances. This, I think, is an ornery hope, an army that has legs, a hope that has legs on it. And so that is my prayer for all of us during this season of Advent, especially as we think about what hope is, even in the midst of despair, even in surroundings. And we can name them, and we will in a moment, all the things that are weighing so heavily on us. And yet, let us continue to say, today I will have hope. Today I will give myself. Today I will trust in you, Lord, in your steadfast mercy and grace. Let us, as tempting it as is, not just fly to hope immediately, but instead take the painstaking ways of getting there, lamenting and trusting of God's presence with us as we do. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, we know from the scriptures that hope is everywhere, and we are particularly grateful for those who show us how to hope, how to continue to be present, how to trust and release ourselves to you. Be with those who cry out, be with those who lament, but give us an orientation to hope so that we can believe in who you are and who you have created us to be. And all this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We respond to God's uh, word uh, uh, by uh, giving of ourselves. Um, today, in your bulletins, you also saw today is also the day that we are uh, making our financial pledges to the church. Uh, we won't do that quite yet. We're going to do that in a little bit. Uh, so for now, uh, when some plates are passed up and down the rows, that tear-off earlier would be great. Uh, or you can scan the QR code on the front of the bulletin as well. Um, if this is your church home, you can also give financially in the plate. If today's your first time here with us, feel no compulsion to give. You're our guest. Either that tear-off or scanning the QR code would be a gift to us. So let us bring our gifts.
Most Sunday mornings, we uh, take time to uh, be at the Lord's table in communion. Every once in a while, though, I think we did this a few weeks ago, I think uh, Dr. Nicole led us in a time of prayer. And whenever we do that, I also always hear from folks how much they appreciate that. And so today I wanted to leave some time, instead of communion, just to leave some time for us to lift up prayers uh, from our lives. It could be something that is a lament for you, something that weighs heavily on your soul. Or today, maybe you want to lift up something that gives you hope. Uh, and so, uh, and then we'll close uh, and pray together. Is there anything that anyone wants to lift up today, a lament, a hope? something that um, you're gra- grateful for, something that you want to name. Gary. Hope for a, a, a more integrous and stable political environment. May it be so. Yeah, Deb. We looked at prayers of healing for Deb's husband, Bob. Pray for Carl's cousin Chris, who's in hospice now. Tony. We lift up prayers for Donna and her health. Yep. Prayers of healing for uh, Cindy Bell, longtime member of this church. Healing for Gabe. Prayers of lament for Gaza, for Ukraine. We cry out, how long, O Lord, how long? What is your name? Sana. Lift up prayers for uh, Michael's aunt Fasana. Prayers of healing for her. Please join me in prayer. Loving and gracious God, we come to you today as a community, lifting up the things on our hearts that weigh on us, keep us up at night. Sometimes we take our health for granted, knowing even in our midst there are those who are struggling. For those who have cancer, for those who have other ailments seeking treatment, for those who are suffering with COVID, And so, God, today we name those and we pray your healing touch to be upon all of them, for Bob and for Chris, for Donna and for Cindy, for Gabe and for Fasana, and also for those that we do not name today. Perhaps it's someone here sitting today crying out for healing and for comfort. But we also know, oh God, the struggles that so many of our neighbors are going through, whether they be here in Cook County, 
or whether they be in Gaza or Ukraine. This time of the year, we ask for the Prince of Peace to be present. Lord, more than ever, when we see innocent children dying, bombs continuing to wreck homes, when we see a never-ending, seemingly never-ending stop to violence, Lord, we pray for your intercession in the hearts and minds of our leaders. They would have the courage to recognize that violence does not that violence only begets more violence. We pray that our leaders would not think only of themselves, but that their hearts would be cracked open so that they would recognize others who are suffering and that they might have the integrity to respond in kind. We are a broken people, O oh God. And so we come to you with these laments but also trust that you are with us in the midst of that, and because of that, we hope. And we turn our faces toward you, toward the morning, toward newness and resurrection, trusting in this season of life when you come to us in vulnerability. We lift all these prayers up to you, O oh God, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for sharing those things out of your hearts. And we are going to uh, sing our final song. And as we do, um, so we've been talking about today is a day that we turn in uh, our, our pledges. It's a tricky thing sometimes talking about finances in the church because uh, so many, sometimes the communities of faith have uh, abused finances. Uh, but also, my hope and prayer is that this is a community that you believe in. It's a community that uh, comes alongside you. It's a community that can be a voice for inclusion and justice uh, in our world. And uh, I, I wish we could do that with, for free, uh, but uh, we don't and we can't. And so today, I, we ask that you uh, prayer, pray about and think about what kind of financial commitment might you be able to make to the church next year. And so during this uh, final song, there's a basket up here uh, near the crush set. Uh, I think all of you got pledge cards um, and envelopes. If you feel called to come up during the final song and put your pledge uh, in the basket, uh, that would be great. It helps us to kind of know how we can do ministry in the next year. If you're still praying about it, uh, that's fine. Uh, we invite you to continue to pray about it. And hopefully sometime in December, uh, you might be able to be at a point where you can let us know kind of where you are or where we are and where you are uh, but also I recognize that every, some people are struggling financially and so pledging can be a really tough thing and so um, no matter what you are welcome and part of this community and we're grateful for the ways that you show uh, up uh, and the ways that you give so generously so let us sing our final song and if you feel so led to uh, come up and drop a pledge in the basket then you're welcome to do that as well Inside Fire 
too many, too hot, too bright. We are waiting for you. We are waiting for you. Oh, we are waiting for that Gloria in excelsis Deo. Oh, Gloria in excelsis Deo. The child cries out, don't turn out the light. Broken hearts cry out, no end of hurt inside. Greed and guns rule everywhere. Too many, too strong to fight we are waiting for you we are waiting for you we are waiting for that gloria in excelsis Deo, oh Gloria, in excelsis Deo, oh Gloria, in excelsis Deo, oh Gloria, in excelsis Deo. Let us be a sign of hope. Let us be your arms of love. Let us be the ones that say there is another way. Let us be a sign of hope. Let us be your arms of love. Let us be the ones that say there is can you sing that with me let us be a sign let us be a sign of let us be your arms let us be your arms of love let us be the ones that say the ones that say there is another way let us be a sign of hope let us be a sign of hope let us be your arms of love arms of love let us be the ones that say there is another way we are waiting waiting for you oh you are waiting for us too oh Excelsis Deo Oh, 
gloria in excelsis Deo. Oh, gloria in excelsis Deo. We are, we are waiting for you. You are waiting for us too. We are waiting for you. Amen. Go in peace. We're grateful for all those who helped out with our worship today. We have uh, a lightly catered lunch. We have sandwiches for you today, so I hope you can join us uh, for our time of fellowship in our fellowship hall today. Uh, go forth this place, friends, knowing that the God of hope and the presence of Christ and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit goes with us this day and always. Amen. Gloria in excelsis Deo.